Hello, my friends and brothers and sisters around the world. Welcome to my good old country podcast. I'm your host, Blake Emmons, and for 50 years, it was indeed my honor and pleasure to share the stage with some of the greatest country music acts in the world. So it's my pleasure to present to you the stories and the adventures and the music that we shared. And believe me, my friends, we're talking traditional country. And it's all made possible by the Wounded Warriors Weekend Foundation, a group of like-minded people who got together in order to help our veterans, our active duty service people, and our first responders. All of those are people that are challenged by a thing called post-traumatic stress. So, on many of our episodes, you'll hear interviews, and you'll be hearing stories on how you can help. And oh yeah, one real important thing is that all of these volunteers I just spoke about and all of these members of the Wounded Warriors Weekend Foundation, including myself, nobody gets paid. <laughs> we all do it because we love it and we're having fun. So, let's have some fun right now. Here's this week's episode of My Good Old Country. friends welcome to my good old country this is blake evans hoping you're having a great day and we're gonna start it off with uh what i call just a little bit of rambling yes i have i played in california there ain't too much i haven't seen I know a lot of you Wounded Warriors listen to us here on uh, WIN Win Radio Network, but I wonder how many knew that Waylon had a challenge that most of us face, or that a lot of us face as a form of post-traumatic stress. His was uh, survival guilt. For those of you that know Waylon Jennings' history, uh, he was one of the original crickets. And one night, many, many years ago, he flipped a coin, and he didn't get on the plane. And it was that plane that was the tragedy 
that uh, took the lives of the Big Bopper and uh, Buddy Holly and a couple more. He never got over that. Uh, as a matter of fact, for a couple of years, he just got right out of the business. But when I got to know him in, in later years, uh, uh, he was different, you know, to say the least. He had a he had a different voice. Uh, one of my friends, his name is Cheryl Millette, a songwriter, convinced Waylon to sing in his own voice rather than what he did when he was backing up uh, in the crickets. And uh, that's kind of... Uh, how Waylon became who he was with that voice, that growl, and how many guys, you know, related to him being the rambling man and all of that. But like I said, Waylon still lived all his life with that uh, that guilt of having survived. But he had a heck of a career, and uh, we lost him a little while back. Believe me, friends and neighbors, it ain't the last song of Waylon's that we're going to be playing. Right now, I'd like to introduce you to somebody that... Uh, I never had the opportunity to work with him, but uh, I did see him just prior to his uh, signing a recording contract. Uh, that give you an idea how way back I go. Hey, take a listen. Take a trip to Saginaw, Michigan. I was born in Saginaw, Michigan. I grew up and our house in Saginaw Bay My dad was a poor Hard-working Saginaw fisherman Too many times he came home With too little pay I love the girl In Saginaw, Michigan The daughter of the wealthy, wealthy but he called me that son of a Saginaw fisherman And not good enough to claim his daughter's hand Now I'm up here in Alaska looking around for gold Like a crazy fool I'm a-digging in this frozen grounds of home but with each new day, I pray I'll strike it rich and then I'll go back home and claim my love to Saginaw, Michigan. I wrote my love, I wrote my love in Saginaw, Michigan. I said, honey, I'm coming home, please wait for me. And you can tell your dad I'm coming back a richer man I hit the biggest track in Klondike history Her dad met me, Her dad met me in Saginaw Michigan. Saginaw, Michigan He gave me a great big party with champagne Then he said, son, you're wise, young, ambitious man Will you sell your father in a lawyer upon that claim? Now he's up there in Alaska Digging in the cold, cold ground The greedy fool is looking for the gold I've never found It serves him right and no one here is missing him Least of all the newlyweds of Saginaw, Michigan Were the happiest man and wife in Saginaw, Michigan He's ashamed to show the do do Saginaw, Oh man, I love those story songs Lefty Frizzell, great different voice uh, I was close to the people that helped sign him but, you know, it's a kind of an introduction because Saginaw, Michigan, the fishing is great up there. But it reminds me and makes me think of my next guest. Uh, I used to love it when uh, we were on the road. I would, I would travel a lot with uh, Farron Young and Del Reeves, and they did the greatest impersonations of him every night in their shows, and it would just burn him. He, I remember when Farron, I don't think it's very fair. He goes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we drove him nuts. 
Anyway, one night we were driving. Uh, it was just up in Kentucky on the interstate, and we saw his bus, and Farron pulled right up beside. We knew where he slept, so Farron pulled right up beside him and started honking on the horn. I mean, just woke him up, and there he was, looking out the window like, what the? <laughs> anyway, he didn't talk to us for about three or four days. And then uh, we were playing Cincinnati, Ohio one night, and... Uh, that's when uh, Farron jumped down. We were sitting backstage. He jumped down and grabbed hold of him and kissed him right fast, right, right, right on the mouth. <laughs> and well, Farron, I didn't realize blah blah blah. Anyway, one of the songs that he did was one of the hardest songs I ever had to learn uh, for my stage show and clubs and things like that. And the first night I saw him perform, I thought, well, look here, he's got it on his microphone stand. He doesn't know the words. And I did. Anyway, here's Hank Snow, the singing ranger. I was toting my pack along the dusty when I'm on the road. When along came a semi with a high and canvas covered load. If you're going to win a muck of mine, with me you can ride. So I climbed into the camp and then I settled down inside. He asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand that I said, listen, bud, I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man, across the deserts bare, man, I breathe the mountain air, man, I've traveled, I've had my share, man, I've been everywhere. Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Matamar, Apollo, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Topeka, Ankyl, Ampadilla, I'm a killer, I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man, cross the desert there, man, I breathe the mountain air, man, I've traveled, I've had my share, man, I've been everywhere. Austin, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texas, Canada, Monterey, Ferry Day, Santa Fe, Tallapoosa, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas, Tennessee, Hennessy, Chippewa, Spirit Lake, Grand Lake, Double Lake, Cradle Lake, the Peaks. Like I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Cross the deserts bare, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Knoxville, Oma, Black, Shuffle, Bill, Jacksonville, Waterville, Costa Rica, Pittsfield, Springfield, Bakerfield, Shreveport, Hackensack, Cadillac, Fond du Lac, Davenport, Idaho, Jellico, Argentina, Diamantina, Pasadena, Catalina, see what I mean, sir, I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man, cross the desert's bare, man, I breathe the mountain air, man, I've traveled, I've had my share, man, I've been Pocketburg, Gravelburg, Colorado, Elmsburg, Rexburg, Vicksburg, Eldorado, Laramore, Admore, Havistrich, Adnick, Chaska, Nebraska, Alaska, Opelika, Baraboo, Waterloo, Kalamazoo, Kansas City, Sioux City, Cedar City, Don City, Water City, I'm an everywhere man, I'm an everywhere man, cross the deserts bare man, I breathe the mountain air man, I travel, I've had my share man. Well, I'll tell you what, I could uh, tell you stories about Hank because I was quite fortunate to have uh, first met him when I interviewed him for a magazine called Country Song Roundup way, way back and when he learned I was from Canada and he was also, he's from Nova Scotia. We had a lot in common. He was impressed that I knew the words to Nova Scotia home. (laughs) Anyway, more on Hank in the future. But right now I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. He's a buddy. He's a wounded warrior. And I first met him at Wounded Warriors Weekend when he came out to Saskatchewan. And uh, he was challenged with post-traumatic stress. But he chose to be a victor rather than a victim of post-traumatic stress. I've been impressed with so much that uh, he's done over the years uh, with a little company that he started, and now it's gotten bigger. Anyway, I want you to meet from uh, Nova Scotia, a wounded warrior himself. My buddy goes by the name of Clarence Greer. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, and yourself? Hey, if it got any better, the liberals would tax us again, and you know how that works. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> hey, pal, you know, what I wanted to... We're going to be talking over the next bunch of whiles, man, because uh, to me, you're just one of those guys that, man, you picked yourself up, dusted yourself off, 
and start it all over again. And this thing that you started called Lures for Vets is small success, bigger success, getting to be eaten, even better success. But I'll tell you what, man, you're helping change the lives of a lot of our veterans. How in the hell did you get started in it? First of all, I have to thank uh, you guys and the foundation for giving me that, I don't know, gift of repurposing. Because growing up in Nova Scotia, I didn't want to have, any, have anything to do with the fishing industry whatsoever. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was work, so, for, work for dad. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't until I actually attended your guys', you guys program out there or the Foundation's Retreat 2013. Got on the uh, pontoon boat with one of the elders. Mm-hmm. And he sat there and just jawboned with us. And all of us had just kind of sat there and listened and was like, things started falling into place, I guess, or how we explained it. So after coming back from the retreat, um, I told my wife, I need my own boat, my own gear and stuff, and I need to be on the water. That's where I get my medicine. (laughs) Um, So from there, it kind of spun off to me spending copious amounts of money at Canadian Tire or the bait and tackle shops. So her ingenious plan was to try and save money. She bought me the the necessary kits to make my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And after after I had made enough stuff, I had so much left over, and she suggested selling it. So from there, I guess from 2014, 2015, that's when it spun off, and it's just been going ever since. Well, well, you know what? The neat thing is it's nice of you to, to give us the compliment, but I'll tell you what, pal. When all of our guys and gals come to our Wounded Warriors weekend, uh, some come with trepidation. Some are dragged. Like, I understand yourself. You're going fishing. I don't know who the hell wants to go fishing. But you made the choice. You made a conscious choice of giving it a shot. And it, yep. it changed your life. But the thing it is, give yourself credit. That's what we tend to not do amongst ourselves is give ourselves credit for making that choice. Uh, the, and it turns out to be a good choice or whatever. The choices, we have a choice about everything. But look at you, you you made the choice and it changed your life. Well, you know, so you get out on the lake and my feeling is that's kind of like where you discovered a peace and tranquility because, you know, you got PTSD like me, like so many of our guys and gals in it. You never know when it's coming. But to find a space where it's controllable or, or, I don't know, a reverse trigger, so to speak. Yeah, I find out on the water, it's, I don't have a care in the world. It's I come up with this analogy, and actually I just shared it with my uh, counselor the other day, mm-hmm. uh, doing a follow-up with him. It was like, every time I'm near the body of the water, a river, a lake, whatever, I'm out fishing, I'm casting out one piece of one trouble or one trigger or whatever, one demon, and I'm trying, and I'm reeling back something a little bit more relaxing or positive. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I'm, that's where the thing, casting away a trouble and bringing back something better. That's a good way to look at it, pal. I'll tell you what, Clarence. Uh, hey, you've got a website, correct? Can yeah. you, can you get, page? give it to us out loud and clear so that people will know how to find you? Yeah, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash lures for vet. Wow. Forward slash lures for vets. Okay. Hey, we'll put it up on our website too, pal, because I know uh, I'm not... Hey, I'll share this with people. Uh, Clarence has been so good to us from the standpoint of right from the get-go. Every now and then he sends us a check to Wound Wars Weekend Foundation. It's a piece of all of the action that he gets uh, from selling his lures. And believe me, they work. My God, they work good. All right, brother, we'll be talking to you again. Once again, that's Clarence Greer. From Lures for Vets, and we'll be right back after these commercial messages. Take care, buddy. They say that if you turn your passion into your career, you'll never work another day in your life. At Lund, we've turned that passion into building boats for anglers who demand superior fishability, performance, and industry-leading innovation. From our dealers, to our veteran pro staff, to our employees... The Lund family puts their hearts and souls into delivering the ultimate fishing boat that we ourselves are proud to own. That's not a job. That's a lifestyle. And let me just add one thing to that, friends and neighbors. Hey, right from the get-go, one of the very first calls that I made when we started Wounded Warriors Weekend was to Lund Boats. 
asking them for their help. And they provided us a boat, motor, and trailer so we could sell tickets and raise money and hopefully pay for the airfares and things. Hey, bottom line is this, folks. Lund Boats gets it. They understand us, and they have been supported us right from the get-go. As a matter of fact, one of the things that a lot of people don't know is they've got special discounts on their boats for veterans. So, hey... Next time you're looking for a boat, give a London guy a call. And, and don't, hey, don't be embarrassed. Don't hesitate to ask. Hey, I understand you give a discount for veterans. It's there, my friends. They've been there for us. So, enough said. Well, let's play something, okay? What the heck? I'm wanting, hey, I'm going to play one of mine. Might as well. We've been talking about fishing and everything. We shot the video for this one right around Tobin Lake where we have Camp Independence. So, hey, here he is. That's me, taking time out to do a little fishing and stuff like that there. This hammer's getting mighty heavy, gonna lay it down for a little while. Foreman says, son, pick it up, I just look at him and smile. My stuff, take a voluntary layoff. I've been putting off long enough. Time out. I'm gonna take a break. Let the fish will be biting down at the lake. Wipe the dust off my old fishing pole. We need to do a little catching up. Time out. I made up my mind to do a little more living before I die. Oh, working no play ain't what it's all about. Yeah, I'm gonna stand right up and shout. He heard me coming through the door and yelled, What you doing home this time of day? She was standing there with her hands on her hips. Boy, why are you looking at me that way? I said, Don't ask any questions. Pack your things, I'll get in the car. Don't take the time to get fixed up. You're perfect just the way you are. It's long overdue, another two-day second honeymoon Yeah, it's impromptu, but me and you, we need to do a little catching up Time out! I made up my mind to do a little more living before I die All work and no play ain't what it's all about Yeah, I'm gonna jump right up and shout Stop my old fishing pole We need to do a little catching up Time out I made up my mind to do a little more living before I die Oh, working no play ain't what it's all about Yeah, I'm gonna stand right up and shout She'll be biting down at the lake Time out It's all overdue A little two-day second Honeymoon Cutting the video on that one. I truly believe me, friends and neighbors. It was it was just a lot of fun. If you get a chance to look at it on YouTube, you'll see probably a lot of the people that y'all know from around here. Anyway, uh, during my day, I usually take time out because I'm one of those that truly feels blessed to be able to do what I do every day and enjoy the good life that we have here. But uh, way, way back in my career, when I was first starting out and uh, I met a man, the very first show that I did in the United States uh, was in uh, Wisconsin somewhere at a racetrack. And I met this man that uh, we became friends over the years and he was one of my mentors and he called me Youngman. But uh, when I first met him, uh, I'm speaking of Tex Ritter. Uh, I drove up and pulled up beside his. He had a purple Cadillac and a trailer 
with all this material, all this gear in it. And we were standing behind the Cadillac looking out at the audience. Uh, they were, you know, quite a distance away. And I said to him, I said, Mr. Reddy, he's called me Tex. So I said, Tex, um, where's the dressing room? <laughs> and he just looked at me, undid his belt, dropped his pants, and he said, welcome to the big time, young, and, and started changing into his clothes that he was going to wear on stage. That was my introduction to him. And it was him that recommended me after we'd worked together uh, that one show. And he said, uh, have you ever done any charity stuff? And I said, not really, Tex. I just, you know, uh, don't know that many people. And he said, well, there's a, a show in Chattanooga. They've asked me to come and I can't. Would you go in my place? And I said, I'd be truly honored. Uh, that was a March of Dimes telethon. And that was where I discovered that I got to do what I could do with my music, but make a difference in people's lives. And I'm forever beholden to Tex Ritter for introducing me to that. And uh, later on, a couple of years later, at a dinner after I had my television show and I was kind of rising up a little bit, I got to see him at a big dinner and to tell him thank you. And uh, it wasn't three nights later that he passed away. So I was grateful for the opportunity that at least I got to say thank you. But one of the things that Tex did uh, during his career was what I'm about to play for you now. Uh, we like to do a, a gospel song, uh, at least one on each show that we do. And this, I think, relates to it and, and also relates to all of us that are wounded warriors. And uh, I think you'll understand when you hear it why we're playing it there. Somewhat like a gospel song. Here's a one of my mentors and one a gentleman who I truly respected here's Tex Ritter during the North African campaign a group of soldier boys had been on a long hike they came to a town called Bazerte the next day being Sunday some of the boys went to church a sergeant commanded the boys in church and after the chaplain had read the prayers the text was taken up next those of the boys who had prayer books took them out, but this one boy only had a deck of cards, so he spread them out. The sergeant saw the cards and said, Soldier, put away those cards. After the services were over, the boy was taken prisoner, brought before the provost marshal. The marshal said, Sergeant, why have you brought this man here? For playing cards in church, sir. What have you to say for yourself, son? Much, sir, replied the soldier. The marshal said, I hope so. Because if not, I shall punish you more than any man was ever punished. The soldier boy said, Sir, I had been on a long march for six days. I had neither Bible nor prayer book. But I hope to satisfy you, sir, with the purity of my intentions. And with that, the boy began his story. You see, sir, when I look at the ace in my deck of cards, it reminds me there is but one God. The deuce tells me that the Bible is divided into two parts, the Old and the New Testaments. When I see the tray, I think of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And when I look at the four, I think of the four great evangelists who preached the gospel. There were Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When I see the five, it reminds me of the five wise virgins who trimmed their lamps. There were ten of them, five were wise and were saved, five were foolish and were shut out. When I look at the six, I know that in six days God made this great heaven and earth. And the seven tells me that on the seventh day he rested from his work and called it holy. When I see the eight, I think of the eight righteous persons God saved when he destroyed this earth. It was Noah, his wife, their three sons, and their wives. And when I see the nine, I think of the lepers our Savior cleansed. And nine out of the ten didn't even thank him. 
course, when I see the Ten, I always remember the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments that God handed down to Moses on the tablets of stone. And when I see the King, sir, I know there is but one King of heaven, God Almighty. When I see the Queen, I think of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Queen of heaven. And the Jack, our knave, is the devil. When I count the spots on my deck of cards, I find 365, the number of days in a year. There are 52 cards, the number of weeks in a year. There are 13 tricks, the number of weeks in a quarter. There are four suits, the number of weeks in a month. And 12 picture cards, the number of months in a year. So you see, sir, my deck of cards serves me not only as a Bible, almanac, but also a prayer book. Man, oh man, the great Tex Ritter. No matter how many times I've heard that, I still hear his voice in my ear many times. Listening to the lessons that I learned from him, I, I got to tour with him a, a few times. And uh, he told me, it was him that educated to me about the early days of touring and, and traveling and, and on those muddy roads and, and how they used to play places that had uh, coal oil lamps in schoolhouses and things like that. But hey, we'll talk a little bit more about Tex over the years and the shows that we do. Uh, earlier on in this show, uh, when we started with Waylon, I remember talking to you about the fact that he had a challenge in his life. It was survivor's guilt because he flipped that coin and uh, the rest is history about he didn't get on that plane that crashed. I thought maybe I'd play this, uh, another one of our great artists and inspired more female artists in, the, in her career and they play her uh, to this day. But she went on to greatness and just when she was what you would think would be the pinnacle of a career, uh, she died in a tragic plane crash. Here's Patsy Cline. I've got your picture that you gave to me. And it's signed with love just like it used to be. Got your picture She's got you I've got the records That we used to share And they still sound the same As when you were here The only thing class ring that proved you care and it still looks the same as when you gave it dear the only thing different the only thing new I've got these little things she's got you
for so many of our female artists. I never got to meet her. As, uh, well, quite frankly, I never got to meet so many of those that I've admired, that have inspired me in my career. I remember that first year, at, uh, what they used to call uh, the DJ convention. That was when I first met you know, someone like Tammy Wynette. She was just getting started. Uh, Loretta had already been established with the Wilburn Brothers, but... Uh, <laughs> she was a great friend. Anyway, one of the uh, people that uh, uh, he was first known as a songwriter and, of course, still celebrated as a songwriter. He's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, Country Music Hall of Fame, all of the above. But uh, one of those guys that uh, I wish that I'd got to meet. But uh, you get to meet him because we're about to play him. Uh, on one of the great songs that he wrote, recorded. And over the days and weeks that we do our show, I guess that's why I chose the name My Good Old Country, because this is good old country. And nobody gooder than this man here. Here's Don Gibson. The lights and the harbor. incredible songwriter he was like i said earlier i never did get the opportunity to meet him but uh it was my good fortune over my time in nashville to meet so many incredible songwriters uh for the young ones that are out there listening um sometimes you'll hear hit songs that are written by somebody and uh you don't realize they wrote another maybe 50 others that weren't hits. But the fact is they just keep on writing and they kept writing. One of the joys for me is uh, that I got to know and spend considerable time with this man. He uh, is a prolific songwriter. He's known as the storyteller. And uh, when he writes a song, uh, sometimes he talks them, sometimes he sings them. But uh, like I said, I enjoyed... 
the repartee and, and being around guys that were writers that were also artists. And uh, this is one of my favorite people. I could listen to his stories like I did so many times. And, and some of the songs that he wrote that he couldn't record that are funny. Uh, I wish I could play them. Anyway, here's one of my favorites, and I'm sure uh, there's a philosophy in there that rings true to this day. How old you think I am, he said. And I said, well, I didn't know. He said, you know, I turned 65 about 11 months ago. And I was sitting in Miami pouring blended whiskey down. When this old gray black gentleman was cleaning up the lounge. Well, there wasn't anyone around except this old man and me. And the guy that ran the bar was watching good old Nashville music on TV. And uninvited, he sat down and he opened up his mind on old Watermelon wine. You ever had a drink of watermelon wine? He had, and he told me all about it. Though I didn't answer back, he said, "Ain't but three things in the world that's worth the sign." Terry died But old dogs and children And watermelon wine He said, you know, women think about themselves When men folk ain't around And friends are hard to find When they discover that you're down that I tried it all when I was young and in my natural prime now it's old dogs and children and watermelon wine they said you know old dogs care about you even when you make mistakes God bless little children while they're still too young to hate. And when he moved away, I found my pen and I copied down that line about old dogs and children and watermelon wine. Catch a plane up to Atlanta that next day And as I left for my room I saw him picking up my change And that night I dreamed in peaceful sleep Of shady summertime What a prolific songwriter he was. It was a real pleasure for me to be around him and listen to him when he was just chit-chatting. He had a great sense of humor. As a matter of fact, some of the things that he never recorded, you ought to hear some of them songs, folks. They're funny. <laughs> but I digress. Meanwhile, back here at the ranch, folks, uh, in 1992... I was very, very fortunate to meet a man by the name of Lou Tice. He taught me that it was okay to be me. Uh, that's the basics of what he taught me. But uh, over the year that I spent with him 
and the years since, uh, he taught me a lot about life. And I wrote a lot of it down. And this next segment I'm about to play for you comes from all of that. It's something that I hope you will give a listen to, and perhaps it may help you. Do you know that people move toward and become like that which they think about? That our present thoughts, what we think about, have a tendency to determine our future. Now that's emotionally, physiologically, and psychologically. But even our physiology is attached to our pictures. And so, therefore, we need to be careful about what our mind dwells on. Why, you remember when you were a kid riding your bicycle? I don't know if you remember, but you could be going down the path and there would be a big old rock in the middle of the road. And you didn't want to hit the rock, but you didn't know any better. And you hit the frickin' rock because you just kept staring at and looking at the rock. And I'll be darned if we don't steer our bicycle right into the rock and get mad at the rock. You see, that you are drawn toward what you think about, even if it's not good for you. Well, you know a lot of people do that with their life. But do you know that when you got good on your bicycle and you saw the rock, what you did was you looked your way around the rock. You looked where you wanted to go. You see, it's all right to see the problems in your life, but it isn't all right to keep dwelling on them. What you need to do is when you see the problem, you must then ask yourself the question, what will it look like when it's fixed? If this is the way I don't want it, how do I want it? So take charge. Well, I hope those few words will help a few of you, or maybe just one of you, understand that Life is worth living, and there is no better time than now to be happy. Hey, happiness, it's a journey, not a destination. Anyway, my friends, uh, I alluded earlier to the fact that we play a gospel song, and I had uh, Tex Ritter do the deck of cards. But here's one of my most favorite people in the world. Uh, I could go on and on and tell you stories about Loretta Lind. When I first came to Nashville, uh, one of my first things was to do a, a, a show, uh, the Wilburn Brothers show, of which she was the female star. And Loretta and I had worked for years earlier, or years earlier, on the West Coast. And when I walked into that studio in Nashville, uh, you know, I was kind of green, scared a little bit. Lordy, Loretta come out, and you'd think that God had just entered. She gave me such a great big welcome. But we've been friends over the years, and uh, I just, she's in her 80s now. Uh, Sometime in one of our next shows, I'll tell you a little bit about some of the adventures we've had. But right now, I'd like to have Loretta uh, give you, because we talked a little bit about traveling earlier on in the show, here's Loretta Lynn uh, doing a gospel song, but it's about traveling.
that's our Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter. To my way of thinking, one of the classiest ladies in the country music business. So proud to have been able to call her my friend, even though I haven't seen her in quite some time. But I do recall when I first started, I'd be playing in Blaine, Washington at the Crystal Palace, and she was at Bill's Bar. And I think I alluded to the fact when I first went to Nashville, and she was already there. Anyway, in the future, I'll tell you a few more stories about Loretta and Dew, which was her husband, and some of the adventures. <laughs> like I said, my life's been an adventure. Here's one guy that I just love sharing the adventure with. Uh, hey, we started off with some traveling music, so why not close off today with uh, a guy that, <laughs> to me, he's just was the greatest entertainer in country music business. I loved working with him. He made me work hard and and uh, vice versa. He said, Blake always made me work hard. Anyway, when I first went back to Nashville after being gone for a few years, Dell gave me the greatest, uh, incredible greeting backstage. Anyway, we'll talk a little more about that on another show. Here's the entertainer, and he's traveling. Um, the doodle-doo-doo-doo guy. My buddy, Del Reeves. the entertainer's entertainer as far as I'm concerned my friends that man could entertain he did impersonations he just didn't stand there and sing his hits of the day even though he had many like the one I just played but as I was listening to him I thought about entertainer's entertainer want to play you one more one of my heroes too just like Del Reeves he was an entertainer's entertainer I toured with him several times, met him for the first time on the Carl Smith Show. Uh, remember that one way, way back, folks? Carl Smith's Country Music Hall. Anyway, I got to work with Farron, and the joy for me was uh, the second night he sat down there. I believe we were playing Kitchener, and uh, he sat out in the front row over on the side. Nobody could really see him, but I spotted him. Anyway, uh, 
he uh, came to me after the show, and he said, Blake, I'll tell you what, Haas, you're an entertainer too. He says, I just want to give you a few pointers, might be able to help you out a little bit if you're listening. And I did, I listened. And he said, well, the first, and of course, Fern did, he sort of cursed like a sailor, I guess you might say. So he uh, used a lot of expletives when he was talking to me. But he said, you got to be thinking, here comes the best blah, 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 entertainer of the night. He said, unless I'm on the show. He said, then you know I'm the best entertainer, blah, blah, guy. He had a few expletives. Anyway, the joy for me over the years was the fact that from that humble start where he was telling me what to do and what not to do, <laughs> we became friends. As a matter of fact, the first time uh, I went to see him in Nashville after I got there, I went and pitched a song to him. <laughs> and I thought, wow, I can hardly wait. And he put his feet up on the table on the desk and listened. And then he said, that is the worst blah, 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 bleep, 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 piece of crap, crap, crap that I ever heard. What else you got? <laughs> and more on that on later shows. Anyway, here's my friend Farron Young. Hello, Walls. Don't you miss her Since she up then walked away And I'll bet you dread to spend another lonely night with me Only walls I'll keep you company Hello, Wendell. Hello. Well, I see that you're still here. Aren't you lonely? Since our darling disappeared. Well, look here, is that a teardrop in the corner? That it's rain She went away And left us all alone The way she planned Guess we'll have to learn To get along Without her If we can Hello, ceiling I can't sleep So won't you bear with me a while We must all stick together Or else I'll lose my mind I've got a feeling She'll be gone a long, long time Well, there we have it, my friends. <laughs> the sound of those twin fiddles. Music to my ears, but then again, it's not because, hey, that means it's time for me to get on out of here. An hour flies by when you're playing traditional country music, and I'm hoping today I played something that you've kind of dropped back in time and thought about those good times that we had when they were playing this kind of music everywhere. Hey, the good times... Hey, they were good back then and they're good now. So we've been through a few rough months. Oh, this COVID stuff, I even caught it. But it's gone now and I'm looking forward to really good days because, hey, take a look around you here in Saskatchewan. The crops are growing and I'm sure looking forward to harvest. So drop us a line at my good old country. Let me know what it is that you want to hear and I'll be sure and get to it as quick as I can. In the meantime... Love somebody every day, my friends, and love yourself along the way. I'm Blake Emmons.
My Good Old Country is created by the sole ownership of the Wounded Warriors Weekend Foundation. The Wounded Warriors Weekend Foundation is a not-for-profit company dedicated to the benefit of our servicemen and women worldwide. To learn more about Wounded Warriors Weekend, Camp Independence, and Canines R Us, please go to woundedwarriorsweekend.org.